Hello there, pod. I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the latest in the Empire Podcast series of spoiler specials dedicated to dissecting Obi-Wan Kenobi, the brand new Star Wars spin-off TV show that brings back Ewan McGregor as everyone's favourite Jedi Master, who isn't Plo Koon. This week, we will be delving deep into part four, not to be confused with episode four, A New Hope, although I can see how that confusion might arise with this episode in which Obi-Wan Kenobi tits around a secret Imperial base <laughs> whilst Princess Leia gets tortured for information by an evil Imperial dickhead. And joining me to discuss this episode in all its 39-minute glory. <laughs> I was so happy when I saw that this morning. So happy. Oh, none of your 57-minute shenanigans. Uh, we're joined by Amon Warman. Hello there. Hello, hello there, Amon, a Bond woman. That's a name I've not heard in a long time. <laughs> a long time. Well, since last week, in fact. And our very own Rogue One, James Dyer. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Fluent in two forms of communication. <laughs> what, I don't even know what the second one is. Botchy. Twat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fluent in twat. Ah, <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. Uh, no Helen O'Hara again this week. She's off um, on Imperial business. Yeah, she is. No doubt. Where is she now? We Coruscant. Do you have a tracker on her? <laughs> the tracker is secure on her ship, yes. Yes. Wherever it goes, we will follow or, or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only had a chance to see this episode once, uh, but let's that's, that's talk about the episode in general terms. General Kenobi terms, that is. Uh, what do we think of this episode? Where did we stand on part four, A New New Hope? Did I enjoy this episode? Yes. Is this the weakest episode of the series so far? Also, yes. It's, From a certain point of view. <laughs> it's sort of where I'm at with this. I liked that Obi-Wan is getting his swagger back a little bit, bit by bit, even though <laughs> it's very, very basic. Still seeing him deflect blaster shots was pretty cool. I also liked the sequence where he uh, saves Leia. It's only the light of his lightsaber that you see as he takes people out. I thought that was cool. But yeah, I'm surprised, you know, I said in the last week's episode what was going to happen in this week's episode is that he was going to go into the flash back to tank. I'm so glad he didn't. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. Like, he went into a back to tank, but I think he should have gone into the flashback to tank. Um, I'm, I don't need flashbacks in this show. I want, I want propulsive storytelling, but I don't think we got that either this week. Yeah, well, that was the other thing, like the, the mission to save Leia. It felt fairly easy when, when all was said and done. I don't think it moved the plot. Well, it moved the plot on a little bit because now there's a tracker on Leia that's going to lead them to the path. Uh, but that only happens in like, the last few seconds or so. Um, there's not really any emotional forward movement, especially given the big events of what happened last week, which is why I was saying that we should go into the flashback to Tank to really sort of make that land even harder and really sort of have him ruminate on his first encounter with Darth Vader, which is a really big moment. It feels like the film, the film, feels like the show just skipped past that uh, to get to the caper aspect of it. Jimbo. I think this was the best episode yet. <laughs> I think it was masterful. 
I thought it was incredible. I loved every. No, this is absolutely not. Absolutely I was wrong. Not, it was absolutely. You heard me. You, you heard me. I'm sorry. Me. I tried to keep it up, but I couldn't keep a straight face. I couldn't do it. I was because I got a lot of shit last week for being, you know, Debbie Downer on this and being all Captain <laughs> Sith <laughs> on this and being like people were like oh, James, all the hate, all the hate. I'm like, look, guys, the I'm hate sorry. Flowing through. It's you. true. It is flying through me. And so I said, well, you know what? I'm going to say nothing negative this week to counterbalance it. So I'm done, and I'll <laughs> see you next week. And uh, <laughs> Look, I wanted to. I went in with an open mind. I tried to love it. But it's just not a good episode. It is... And look, I, I you know, I appreciate I, a lot of people... I, 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 I couldn't, couldn't have... That's how I felt. Where is um, Padme? <laughs> Where is the good episode? Oh, <laughs> come on now. Come on. That's harsh. Play, play nice. <laughs> this, I mean, look, I just... And again, I'm sure lots of people work very, very hard on this, but it felt just so prosaic. What if they didn't, though? Maybe they didn't. Maybe they phoned this shit in. I have no idea. I mean, it works for but, us. You know, like, it's got good people in it. I'm sure they've got very talented, passionate people working on it. I love the attention that went into the sets. And I love the attention to the nods to the original Star Wars that they tried to put in there which were incredibly misguided because the problem with this is this is a jailbreak episode modelled on and referencing the Death Star heist section of the original Star Wars which is fucking masterful and just to to, to make that hit home there are you know shot literally shot recreations in this from the original Star Wars like the communicator on the side where she's going Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. I all that sort of stuff why remind us that a guy made a little film in 1977 a million times better than this with much more style with much more assured direction with some beautiful shots with character drama with stuff which where the stakes feel high where it feels inventive and this felt so workmanlike by comparison it's like remember when Born Legacy kept mm-hmm. flashing back to the original Born film. Jason like, Bourne. Yeah, you were not doing big... yourself any fucking favors by doing <laughs> they that. They kept talking it. about Jason Bourne. They yeah. kept, oh, where's Jason Bourne? We don't know where Jason Bourne is. No, like, he's we in like, a better no. film, mate. That's <laughs> yeah, where exactly. he is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And this he's, is where we yeah. were here. We're just, yeah. we're just like that was that is amazing. And this is at best something I have survived. And I wow, just, um, you will survive. Uh, yeah. as long as I know how to love. <laughs> It just, yeah. It, the Obi it, will stay alive. It bothered me because I thought it would be good. You know, I thought, I thought, like, they, they had a lot of fertile material. And even the characters that I love, like Reva, even she in this grated on me a little bit because she felt so one note because she didn't have any great dialogue. She had no material to really kind of get her teeth into. And I just felt a little bit like, oh boy, I really hope we are not, uh, right. you know, back in uh, Boba Fett territory. Well, yeah. this is very interesting indeed. Uh, I am kind of. And I don't like to be a negative Nelly. I don't like to be a Debbie Downer, but I'm kind of with James in this one. Are we in Boba Fett territory yet? We're certainly in the same postcode. But, but, I, but the the, the and I know that some people have written in questions and they're going to probably be furious with us right now because I know the very first question I got, like <laughs> two sec, two minutes, must the, James be on the podcast after the episode ended today? Was well, that was the best episode to date, and I just mm. well, I I I I, I couldn't I have, have. I, I couldn't agree with that. Mm. Uh, I thought this was a, a huge disappointment for me for the for pretty much the same reasons that you were talking about. Um, it is so obviously a being Star Wars or a New Hope, if you will. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it just doesn't have any of the style or panache or character work of of that sequence of of Star Wars. And I'm I'm a little intrigued by why they did this. Yeah. So early, it does. Someone pointed out, uh, not so much a question, but I'll, I'll I'll find your name later on when we get to the listener questions. Someone pointed out that this is the first week that when uh, the 
writer's credits have come up at the end. That's Stuart Beatty and Hossein Amini's names haven't been cited. So it's usually, you know, story by Stuart Beatty and Hossein Amini. Mm. Because this was, they were working on the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, which then kind of was then turned into the first crack at making an Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series. And then they didn't quite like that either. So they went in a different direction. They brought Joby Harold in, but he was working at least initially from those blueprints. And this is the first time that those guys' names haven't appeared. So is this the first time that they're really now in uncharted territory, plowing their own furrow? And if so, by going back so overtly into the original trilogy, into the original Star Wars movie, mm. I'm not sure that that is a great creative decision for me. Uh, you're, you're just a fucking too many ghosts mm. that you just, well, you could compete with them, but this one for me doesn't compete with them. But, it, but it, it, I feel like to fix this episode wouldn't have taken an awful lot of work. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's not like, you, oh, yeah, we would have done this, we just didn't have the budget. It just needed some tighter dialogue. That interrogation scene between Reva and Leia could have been good. It just wasn't. And Obi-Wan sort of infiltrating the base could have been good. It just wasn't. And even in Diravama, who is fantastic in absolutely everything, just the way that whole thing was staged, is that that's not your, <laughs> that's not your station. Come with me behind this partition where you can dispose of me without witnesses for just a moment for no apparent reason. It yeah. just felt like uh, ha hasn't why? that guy ever heard of the concept of hot desking? I just <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, she was agile working, obviously. Yeah. So it's yeah. all the rage these days. Just, all the rage. I, maybe if she you know, worked four days a week in the office and <laughs> not two days a week from from home as some work shy shirkers are, are doing Indeed. these days. Yeah. I just think show us something new. Show us something inventive. Like having him again, like use the world's shittest force power the force bang where he can make it sound like a little a little noise has happened somewhere else which of course he does in star wars but like and having him hide behind that little post when they're going along i was thinking you know the beats are here like he's nearly been discovered he's in hiding but the execution of it just sapped it of tension for me and i just it just felt like a really missed opportunity like this could have been a great episode it didn't need mm. to be an episode that felt like a slog it didn't have to be that Amon, we need some positivity in here because <laughs> yeah. I, where I am on this series in general is I really, really liked the first episode. And then, mm. and I, I've liked each episode since, but I would say perhaps less with each passing week. Mm. Uh, but this is the first time I've really had a wobble. This is the first time I thought I'm not sure that this is the right story to be pursuing at this particular point. So, so talk me around. Yeah. I want some positivity. Well, you know, where I am... That's not a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back lightly You're on alive, your... You're alive, Chris. <laughs> go on, go on, go on, help me out here. I'm going to push back lightly on your Indira Varma uh, criticisms because while you, know, you have a good point in terms of how that scene was staged, I thought as weak as Obi-Wan was as a character in this episode, Indira Varma as Tala... This is a really great episode for her. She gets to be a capable fighter. She gets to think on her feet. Uh, she gets to be a smart strategist. She gets to do all of that in one episode. And I really liked that aspect of it. But, you know, I did say it was the weakest episode and partially because of that lack of emotional depth, which is what I really wanted and what I thought we were really going to get given what happened in the previous episode. Because at the end of this episode, how far just on an, on an emotional level has uh, Obi-Wan moved not much. Has even Reva moved? Not much because we already know exactly what she's about and she's basically doing a different version of that conversation with Leia in the interrogation. So she's not moved on a lot much either. Leia, like, 
they're all pretty much in the same place. It's just that the plot has moved on a sliver because of the tracker and now the lead to the path. And that, that, that was the weakest part of the episode for me. And something else, of course, is that is taken from a new hope as well. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. I will also say in terms of other positives, uh, O'Shea Jackson is in the Star Wars universe. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. I'll like give that. you that. But you know, I like that. I like the fact that the the you know the door lock was one of the door locks that they shot in the original Death Star. I like that mm-hmm. you know the little red thing on the mm-hmm. wall, like the mouse mm-hmm. robot. All these kind of callbacks make it feel Death Starry were nice. Mm-hmm. But then you've got again, I just I just uh, decisions that they make. Like at the end when they're in the hangar, and she's like, "Now it's time for you to die." And there is a beat, and I counted it. It's like five seconds where no one does anything before the Deus Ex snow speeder comes flying in <laughs> and saves the day. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, guys. And the invention that you could have had there. Like, I mm-hmm. love the idea, first of all, that this is an undersea base. I was like, that's cool. Admittedly, I did have a bit of a little mermaid, you know, darling, it's better. Down where it's wetter, under the sea. You know, I had that playing through my head. And that, actually, the lyrics for that, on reflection, are actually quite problematic. But... Um, <laughs> Moving on from that, like, I like that that it was an undersea base. You know, it's kind of cool, but uh, they got no troubles. Life is the bubbles. What's here? I don't know. I've got a bit peculiar, but but so so the moment when he's like force holding away the water, like he's keeping the wind. I thought, okay, yeah. this is this is new. This is inventive. This feels like something that could be a good set piece. But again, it felt a bit wasted and a bit small. Uh, I don't want to start doing this thing where you know you go, you know what they could have done. You know what they could have done. But it would have been cool, for example, if the water has started coming in and he went full Moses on it. That might have been interesting if he'd literally been he's, holding back the water using the force, and then yeah, yeah that would have been cool. Let he's, it rush he's in. not he's not there yet though in terms of the he's force. there. If the, the plot requires him to be yeah. there, <laughs> which, <laughs> well, is, no. which is where we are. Yeah, because like, like he's still like even on the even on the way there, he's still trying to get you know practice with the force, and he can barely sort of even move like mm. a little I don't know what it was uh, towards himself. So he's yeah. still. He's he's not there that with the force. Like, I, I would love to see that, but do yeah. you think the choreography is is deliberately thematic in that you know because when he's lackadaisically batting away, let's be honest, quite cack handedly batting away the mm. the blaster fire with his lightsaber, it looks a bit shit. Now I could charitably say the reason for that is because they're showing that he's out of practice and whatnot. But if you look at, for example, the scene at the beginning of Phantom Menace where Liam Neeson and you and I are deflecting basketball. Anakin! Anakin! Uh, you know, it, it, like, it's really dynamic and it's exciting and this isn't. And so is that a deliberate choice or is it just a bit inept? I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say deliberate at this point. Okay. I think so too. I think, I think the whole thing's building towards another confrontation with Vader because we have to think about the, the lines of dialogue that they exchange in uh, A New Hope and one day someone's going to watch A New Hope, by the way, for the first time, having watched this and go, this just rips off that episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That is going to happen to someone one day. And, uh, oh my word. Anyway. We also haven't referenced the Minions uh, moment where he literally hides her under his coat, uh, which is a particularly yes. interesting look. Well, perhaps they should have done that in A New Hope. Yeah, Perhaps Ben Kenobi <laughs> will still be alive. I, I, I have no evidence for that, but I'm going to go with it. But I think, I think there's going to be another confrontation with Vader. Because if you think about the, the lines in New Hope, you know, when last we met, I was but the learner, and now I'm the master, only the master of evil, Darth. What a great comeback that is, by the way. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed on last week's episode. There were a couple of things we didn't talk about uh, in, in hindsight. Uh, one is the very first confrontation of these guys after 10 years. Mm-hmm. And there's no, Vader hasn't been saving up a pithy one-liner. <laughs> He goes, you are, well, no. I am, would you mate me? But he's not like, you no, know. No, he says the years have made you weak. 
I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's I got am- a team of writers working on that one, hasn't he? I, I, I am what you made me. It's just one step above. I know you are, but what am I? Like, it's not, I mean, that's not a, it's not a zinger, is it? But I think this could be another confrontation with Fader because Obi-Wan has to get the better of Fader. And and, and this week's episode made it clear to me that I, well, I, I'd be very surprised if Reva makes it out of this series uh, yeah, alive. Uh, or maybe she... Uh, who knows maybe she goes to work with Leia on Alderaan maybe she has a big change of heart but there are things in this episode that you can't know beyond the end of this limited series I think in order for A New Hope to make sense but you know there there has to be one more confrontation and Obi-Wan has to have help perhaps from Qui-Gon Jinn perhaps from Jar Jar Binks perhaps from Cal Kestis or um, (laughs) your fella Quinlan Foss you know there's lots of those Amon did I miss anything who were the people in Amber was there anyone I should have known why were they in Amber is a whole other thing but carry on yeah no I still need to do uh, some due due diligence on that myself Um, but Wade and that lot who are the, who are the people in Amber? We, oh, oh, we see you. I see you mean. Yeah, I thought yeah, you yeah. meant the the, yeah. the the rebels. Yeah, uh, the people who are trapped in Amber. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they're setting up some well, Jurassic Park spin-off. He said it's like a tomb, isn't it? Yeah. So they're just I'm, dead bodies in Amber. Yeah. I'm guessing like, like they're all force sensitive people. Well, they, so, I, I yeah. assume they were all just Jedi's, you know, who've yeah. been. Well, there's killed. like a really like a, a tiny boy. So yeah, I'm, wearing yeah. a little rebel helmet. Mm. Okay. I know the timeline's yeah. wrong, but that's, you know, it, it could have been the little annoying kid at the end of The Last Jedi. <laughs> the one with the broom. <laughs> broom boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that seemed a bit ghoulish and serial killery. Like, I'm, mm. I'm, why? Why? Also, don't look back in amber. It's bad. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know why that was there. Uh, that was weird. And also, yeah. Obi-Wan is supposed to be rescuing Leia, but oh. a lot of time just staring at the... It's like, yeah, okay, move on. Yeah. You're here to save someone. Yeah. Move along. Move along. Yeah. Move no. along. Also, you can tell it was a torture machine because it's lit in red, like the one in Bespin. <laughs> very, very reminiscent of the torture machine that we saw in uh, Fallen Order, would you say? That I don't remember the torture machine in that. That Seer gets put in the, the torture machine as her apprentice watches on. Who's the main Inquisitor woman that we fight? Second sister. Yeah, but what's her name? I don't know. <laughs> Pam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pamela Badoove. <laughs> Basically, she was um, the apprentice to Seer before she got turned. And when um, she puts on her helmet for the first time, uh, Seer is in the torture machine. Yes, I do actually remember that now. It's coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coming back to me now. (laughs) So yeah, I felt very reminiscent of that. All right. Okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. That was a good thing. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching dead people. That was fun. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Obi-Wan, you know, Saving Leia would only the light um, on the saber to sort of light the scene. That was like the, probably the best visual but moment. What the was the other stormtrooper doing? Like he kills one of them, and the other stormtrooper mm. just stands there. The stormtroopers yeah. are inept. Even I mean, by uh, imperial yeah. standards, they are inept. They're, they're <laughs> that, patrolling this base that they don't think anyone has infiltrated, and yet they're still going on patrol. Why? Yeah. And then they hear a noise, and rather than thinking, oh, that must be Steve from accounts, it's <laughs> fine. They go, what was that? And they start running off trying to shoot at something. Like, this might be just Steve from accounts going down to a vending machine. I presume they have them. <laughs> yeah, they must do. They, they must, must have do. imperial vending machines. Steve's hot desking again. He's agile working. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to work from home, but there were builders. So you had to come in. Yeah, no choice. Yeah. But I think that, uh, again, not to do the, you know, they, they could have done this mm-hmm. game, but, but they, <laughs> oh, honestly, the, you know, the story of this episode might have been, could have been completely different. Mm. There, there, there might have been uh, an element, for example, where you could have had, where you could have had Reva plant the tracker on Lola, 
at the end of last episode and then just have her go back to Obi-Wan and then cut to the chase. Yeah. Rather than... So, you know, so what, what, what is this episode for? Well, herein lies the problem, and I think... And it hurts me more than I can possibly say to say these words. But the problem with this is it just felt very TV. And I am not someone who will ever besmirch the good name of TV, as you will know from listening to the Pilot TV podcast. But, like, there is a sense that when you see a Star Wars film, for all their problems, for all the prequels issues, like, they're very, very, very tight. You know, they, they, they know what they're doing. They don't... There's not a lot of wasted airtime because they have a limited runtime, so everything kind of has to count. And a lot of this, you just felt like huge stretches. This episode went by, and you're like, "This is just so redundant." Like it just feels like we're burning runtime here. And I just think it should be one of these things, like when you write an article and it's got a word count. Like mm. every single scene should earn its place on that in that screenplay. It should be earning its place. And if mm -hmm. it doesn't earn its place, cut it. Just get rid of it. Do something else. Like, and I felt like a lot of this wasn't earning its place on the page or indeed on the screen. Well, and yeah. I just... Yeah. How was the story advanced? What, 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 this is what, what was the... What advances did this episode make to the story? They went to Nur. They yeah. went to the Fortress Inquisitorius. Yes. Uh, thank you Under for the, the guy's sea. pronunciation of that. <laughs> it really, really helped me. Uh, and they see some dead bodies encased in amber. Otherwise, and then obviously they escape with Leia, but he had Leia. They got cloned them, like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I think part of the reason why it does feel a little bit, little bit redundant, we've had this story take place in this show already before. We've had Leia be kidnapped and Obi-Wan come to rescue her. Mm. To do that twice in four episodes in, now there's two episodes left, given how uh, both in the Star, Star Wars the TV sort of series and in the MC series, they always feel like they're rushing in the final couple of episodes, this is the episode we're going to come back to and say, what's, what's this really needed? Could we, could we have shortened this mm -hmm. in however many ways? I mean, so here's, here's something I'm going to suggest. Um, should the story of this overall series just have been Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader? And no. not really had the Inquisitors at all? I think Inquisitors, I could have lived without, quite frankly. But I think... This would have been a very interesting character piece to see Obi-Wan in exile on Tatooine to spend more time in that first episode. You know, his mundane life and the difficulties he's having dealing with like the weight of grief and responsibility for everything he's done. I think you could have done a really interesting character study. And then the bringing him back together with Vader. Weirdly, it's not even a lightsaber fight I want to see between those two. I want to see them sit down and have a fucking conversation. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, want, I want a want character heat. off. You want heat. With, I want heat. I yeah. want them in a diner, sitting at opposite ends of a table, you know, talking about it. What do you say? I buy you a cup of blue milk. Exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. That's what I want to see from this. And I think there was... that. that I mean, look... I get that this is this is a show which has a broad audience remit. You know, they want to appeal to young younglings as well as old farts like myself. But I just I just feel like this this tries to hit notes that it reaches for and doesn't quite grasp. And I think putting in Inquisitors, which is obviously a sop to people like Amon who like the blur blur. But uh, <laughs> oh, the blur blur! Don't even get me started on the blur blur. Yeah, which is fine. And if you're into the blur blur, then I'm I guess seventy six episodes here that... in, and it's just getting better and, and better. The record reflects that apparently, I've been shaking my head for the last ten seconds. Apparently, I should have started at episode seventy six. Yeah, but you it's, know, it's episode sixty six clearly. All the seventy seven is not a thing. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, it just, it just feels like I'm not sure what this is trying to be. And again, it always comes back to this has the whiff of fan fiction. It has the whiff of get, video game cut seem to. All of it does. It doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. Because I always think like, you know, think about what the fans expect you to do. Mm -hmm. And then keep that in the back of your head, but do something different. 
Do something different that maybe touches on that. Don't think, what are the fans expected to do and do that shit? Mm. Like that, that I just feel is a bit of a wasted opportunity. Cause like, so, so just to case in point, like to do inventive things, like look at this and look at the way, as you said, with the lightsaber coming out of the darkness thing, mm-hmm. and then look at what they did in the Ahsoka episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was great. And mm-hmm. it felt fresh and it felt new, not a new character. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And establishing, but it felt, there was something about that. It felt vibrant. It was an interesting setting. Like all about that was very engaging and it felt quite high stakes. And this felt almost sedentary by comparison. Yeah. And I think that's a real shame. And like people have been in my mentions all fucking week going on about <laughs> the hate that I apparently have for this show. And someone was very saying, yeah, why does everyone from Empire hate this show? And I was like, no one from Empire hates this show. I don't even hate this show. Mm. You know, and God knows I want to love this show more than anything. Why would they think that everyone from Empire hates this show? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But there was a sense that Empire is hating on Obi-Wan. And I don't mm. think that's true at all. And I think, you know, it's had some like the first episode is fantastic. I do mm. think the episodes have been getting progressively worse as they go along. But that doesn't mean I don't love it. And you know, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is amazing. And that's why I want this to live up to its potential. I just I think, don't think it has. I think to answer your question, when Reva's story is told and done, we'll feel differently about the whole let's just have it be Obi-Wan versus Darth. Because I think Reva's story ties into Obi-Wan's in a really powerful way. And I'm predicting here, this is me having sort of read some uh, additional stuff as well. But if we are assuming, I think correctly, that um, Reva was that little girl in the Jedi uh, Temple in Order 66, she feels betrayed by Obi-Wan and abandoned by Obi-Wan. Yeah. We, and, we, we talked about this in previous episodes. Her anger is misplaced. Yeah. The person she should Anakin. be with Anakin. is Anakin fucking Skywalker, <laughs> her boss. She should go to HR and file yeah. a complaint. What's your complaint? My boss tried to genocide yeah. me. That's what happened. Stop panicking. It's Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree, but you know she has been turned because um, of the torture machine and everything else to believe that <laughs> it's like a way back machine <laughs> <laughs> to believe that Obi-Wan is the cause um, and I do feel that Obi-Wan might have a sense of <laughs> guilt uh, about that in a sense because you know instead of trying to mount a rescue and I, you know, I don't disagree with what Obi-Wan mm. did you know Anakin was there Anakin um, <laughs> you guys make this hard sometimes <laughs> you really do oh, um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah um I can imagine her being that she was probably one of the few people, few kids left in the Jedi Temple. Um, she could have felt betrayed and abandoned. I feel like that is an interesting part of yeah. the Open One story when yeah. it's all said and done. And it's so. kind of hinted at in this episode, you know, where yeah. she goes, oh, I had a droid once exactly. and it's taken away from me along with everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. I, which, which I get, but I kind of feel... You know, it's, it's it's you've only got six episodes. Mm-hmm. So as much as I'd love this to be a five season, yeah, um, or even six season, Better Call Saul esque, really slow burn, <laughs> where we get to see Obi Wan become Ben Kenobi, become the Alec Guinness Obi Wan Kenobi in mm-hmm. like increments. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're not going to get that. So we have to we have to cut to the chase eventually at some point, and we're two episodes away. And I think we need to know a little bit more about Reva now than, yeah. than we did, than we, than we do going into this. this but is, I also this think is that why it's such a shame because, again, we don't really get any more information, any more emotional depth from Reva in this episode. It's just like, yeah. we already know all of this. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's a real shame because I, uh, I don't, I don't want to rag in this episode. 
um, I, I I had my reaction to it. Who knows? A second a second watch. I haven't had time to watch it uh, a second time. Mm. Might change things for me. But you know, I woke up this morning with a sense of oh, let's let's watch a new episode of Obi Wan Kenobi. It's going to be great. And then I just felt it was a little bit mm, meh, yeah. a little bit lacking, a little bit wanting in places. But there's still some good stuff in it. Everyone's good. Everyone's you know everyone's competent. Nobody falls over. The camera's always in focus. These are always good things. <laughs> so these are good base of, of, with with which to start. I would say. But for me, after last week's episode, I just I, I wanted more Fader. I wanted more Anakin in a way. I wanted more as you were saying of the impact, not just in Obi Wan Kenobi of last week's encounter on Mapuzo Mario Puzo, uh, <laughs> but on. Anakin. Anakin, Anakin! <laughs> Which we would have gotten if they went into the flashback to tank. I'm just saying. We don't yeah. need to go into it the flashback to tank. It was a back-to-life back to tank. tank in this case. <laughs> Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can see why he wouldn't stick around in the in the back-to-tank, yeah. because Leia is... She's kidnapped, so he needs to get back yeah. into the frame. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it does uh, sort of make me consider questions of Darth's managerial style here, because he was very hands-on with the whole Kenobi thing. I guess, you know, Lay doesn't consider important yet and I don't know like he was very hands-on and then not and then you know he comes back in once they've escaped gets mad I'm just saying if he was there yeah motherfucker do your job no, like, it's a bit like if it's so important to you why are you fucking back off to your fortress of lava well they do <laughs> say that he is in the Mustafar system Nur is in the Mustafar yeah. system so he's presumably close yeah. and uh, I, I wonder and obviously I wonder and I if and this is obviously you know we're not talented enough to write these things you know we're obviously giggling idiots gathered around a microphone I wonder if they thought about introducing Fader as a threat in the episode for example would the episode have worked better I know some people think it's the best episode yet but would the episode (laughs) have worked better if there had been a ticking clock if for example Fader is coming to this base and he's coming to this base in 25 minutes. And so you have to get in and get out because Obi-Wan, you are still not strong enough to face him. So you cannot face Darth Vader. You cannot face Darth Vader alone. You have to get in, get Leia, get the hell out of Dodge. And therefore that already lends more tension to it. The the, the looming threat of Fader adds a layer of tension to it. That would have been one way to do it. But just, you know, if it's not Vader, have more wrinkles to the plan coming off successfully than you do in this episode. Because as I said, it does feel fairly easy. Um, you know, there's a little bit of coordination on Tyler and Obi-Wan's part, but he's just strolling in, taking... Yeah. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> just has up. to ball out some security <laughs> jobs worth and then she's in. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not the most taxing Was thing anyone else yeah. disappointed that he didn't dress up as a stormtrooper? Do you know what? I actually wrote that down. I was like, you absolute penis. Mm. You've just killed a stormtrooper. You've got to stroll around this base. Put on his uniform. Job done. Mm-hmm. Like, what's happening? All the stormtroopers in this base. And I'm, <laughs> I'm unlucky enough to kill the one with feet smaller than my sister. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Perhaps that was the reason why. You, you skip the scene where he's trying it on. It's like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, more positivity, Amon. I need more positivity. What else <laughs> did you like about the episode? We'll take some listener questions in a second. All right, we'll take some listener questions. <laughs> See, this is why people are this is why people are slightly to James's DMs or yeah. just responding to saying everyone at the Empire hates Obi Wan Kenobi. Can I just say unequivocally and for the record, I do not hate this series. I think this series has been very good by and large. I found this episode disappointing. There you go. I hope that we re- return to our regularly scheduled Obi Wan Kenobi next week and the week thereafter. Yeah. All right. Agreed. 
But if you do have a problem with that, slide into James's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yes, the person who said it was the best episode yet uh, was John Neal. Uh, John Neal underscore on, UK. <laughs> best episode so far. Great tension, act, action, storytelling, character moments. Reva refers to Kenobi as Obi-Wan to Leia. So she had heard both names. Just need to work out whether that makes sense with the rest of the canon. A, but maybe it doesn't matter too much. What do we really remember accurately as adults from but, when we but, were 10? But no, like you make a valid point. There is a bit where Luke is moping like a motherfucker because an old man he'd met that morning has just died. And Leia's comforting him and she's like, I've known the man for decades. Fucking saved my life. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? Well, someone else said, and I don't have their name because um, I can't be bothered looking it up but the, <laughs> someone else uh, wrote in to say that if you go with a theory that Leia doesn't have her memory wiped conveniently yeah. you know there's Jason Bourne <laughs> if she doesn't have her memory wiped conveniently at the end of the series and she does remember her adventures with Ben Kenobi that it makes her reaction in A New Hope whenever Luke goes you know I'm Luke Skywalker I'm here to rescue you and, and he goes I'm here with Ben Kenobi and then she goes oh my god Ben Kenobi oh my god. how would she know who well I suppose yeah, yeah. I've thought of some more positivity. Um, Leia uh, blocked Reva's mind read thing. Mm-hmm. Is this a staring competition? Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was cool. Yeah, Another I quite song. like that, actually. Are you warming to Leia now, to the uh, performance? I, I don't have any sort of, like, someone accused me on Twitter of just <laughs> hating children. I was like, That's, I'm not the child catcher. Like, that seems a bit of an extreme reading of my reaction to this, but sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, like, I don't find she's not being as aggravating. I still don't think she's the best thing in this. I'm not, she's not, like, Ben's, she's Ben's baby Yoda. I, I definitely don't who see that. Who are these people who are replying <laughs> to you on Twitter? Like, I, Maybe because my settings are, are watertight. Yeah, they're all people you've muted already. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, like, I was like, no. And I, again, I think the problem with that is not so much the actor and more to do with the fact that she didn't have anything good to say. Like there was scope there for quite an interesting back and forth, which could have given you just how precocious Leia is and just who she's going to grow into. Be. You know, I suppose echoes of what we had in that in that first episode when she's talking to that bell end at the party. You know, that, that she could have toyed <laughs> with Reva. Do you know what I mean? That would have yeah. been really interesting. And instead of the, you know, the let me just call my dad first thing, that was an attempt at that, but not a successful one, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, she had more Leanna Mormont energy in the first episode. Yeah, didn't she? she? Was, yeah. Didn't she? Where is Bella Ramsey when you need her? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> she's I mean, coming the last she's of us. too old now, but yes, she is in the last of us. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, a little bit of Leanna Mormont wouldn't have gone amiss that. Of course I know who that is. <laughs> like, as a long-time Game of Thrones fan, which I watched in between episodes of The Clone Wars. Oh, Game of Thrones! <laughs> the, oh, oh, the Game of Thrones! Yes, yes, now I know. Of course, of course, Leanna Mormont! Yeah, that's it. Lives in Stormont. <laughs> Bear Island, actually, but carry on. Oh, really? It is interesting, isn't it, that uh, this is the first episode in which Leia hasn't really had that sort of conversation that sort of well-written yeah. moment where she outwits someone hmm, okay good point good point but also the the idea that you know taking something that happens in 2022 and using it to try and justify or emotionally enhance something that was filmed in 1977 mm. with no foreknowledge of what would happen in 2022 is I don't know but also it feels like we're, we're eating our own tail a little there's bit. an element of consistency like you get how 
Leia is able to block Reva's sort of mind probe Sithy thing, whatever she does. Mm. You know, and uh, and obviously we don't touch on the fact that she's force sensitive, and maybe it's just that she's strong willed, and that's all that's required. But then, you know, Indira Varma's character flat out lies to the Inquisitor, who can, and I can't emphasize this enough, read minds. <laughs> uh, and there's, you know, at no point she's like, ah, oh, I like it, it's a skilled liar. Whatever you say, are you mm. lying to me? I don't know. Why not read her mind and find out? It'll take yeah. you all at five seconds. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, look, sure, I, I, I know I am being that guy where I'm picking holes in things, but I just feel like, again, it's just tightening up the plotting slightly. Like, if you're going to introduce an element like that, you've put that on the board, that's now in place, you've got mm -hmm. to consider that when you're constructing the other scenes. And so the distraction, quote-unquote, would not have worked for that reason unless I'm missing something glaring. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. it's a fair point. I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit. You could say that she was just anxious to get back to torturing Leia. Yeah, but... maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying this torture. I've got to get back to it. Yeah. She seemed really pissed off. I was like, you know, I've told it, cannot wait. And oh, you really, I can keep doing something. Why? Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a spy. Hmm, yes, are you? Or maybe you're not a spy. <laughs> I'm a spy for you. Yeah. <laughs> it was very much, hang on, if they know that we know that they know that we know. It was, yeah, it was, it was yeah. very much that. I was it? deep, deep, deep undercover. She went for Axel Foley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. For for a second there, I thought, oh, this might be a little interesting wrinkle if she actually is deep, 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 deep cover. <laughs> mm. Uh, which yeah. is the sequel, of course, to the Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> film. But, good movie. Uh, very good movie. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but she wasn't. So it wasn't that interesting, uh, sadly. Yeah, but the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing is interesting because we've, we've been going out of our... Obi-Wan Kenobi. We've been going out of our way over the last few weeks to go, you idiots, when people raise you know concerns about this. Hmm. Go, you idiots. Of course, they're not going to violate the sanctity of... <laughs> Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope, brackets 1977, directed George <laughs> Lucas. They're not going to do that because, you know, she says, General Kenobi, years ago you served with my father in the Clone Wars. And she doesn't say, General Kenobi, 10 years ago you saved me from the <laughs> Imperial Inquisitors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say that. So therefore, she never learns that he's Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> as far as she's concerned. He's been Kenobi. But this week, it's like, oh, she does know he's Obi-Wan Kenobi. That mm. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At Chris Costin HQ... <laughs> a trench coat? Really? <laughs> I'm just reading these out in the order that they were sent to me, okay? Uh, are these the most incompetent bunch of Imperials ever put to screen? I've been looking forward to the show for a long time. A, a long, long time. time. <laughs> and this kind of stuff makes it impossible to enjoy. If the Empire is a joke, everything is. Uh, to which I would say, have you seen the guy bump his head <laughs> the door in Star Wars yeah. Episode four, <laughs> A New Hope, brackets 1977, George Lucas. It's it's definitely a fair point, though. Like, even in the first episode, when Leia is kidnapped, as I said in last week, there's a fine balance between, you know, bravery and cunning and just incompetence. Mm. And it feels like they are on the wrong side of that line uh, more times than not. And that's that needs to be fixed. I agree with you. I think it also leeches tension out of this badly. Like, it, when, you, when the Imperials are so catastrophically incompetent mm -hmm. you're in the realm of of farce you're in space balls do you know what I mean like it's like keep firing assholes like I just I don't I don't I'm not feeling the tension anymore I'm not feeling the threat and when you're fucking about with Darth Vader that is sacrilege like mm -hmm. what are you doing like you can't do this because 
there have always been individual incompetent stormtroopers, but they were never bumblingly incompetent as a rule. Like, you know, there was always threat there, like mm-hmm. the, based on numbers, based on firepower. You know, the TIE fighters, they were not a joke. You know, when they're being pursued by speeder bikes, it's, none of it's a joke. You know, there is always threat there. And here it just feels these stormtroopers are fucking walking into each other, slipping on banana skins. <laughs> like, it's just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> make a, I just thought of a stormtrooper montage of the Benny Hill music in the background. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. totally do that. Stormtroopers with massive clown shoes, a little, yeah. a little, a little clown car gets out, and there's like dozens of stormtroopers get out of it. That that would be a, a lot of fun. I, I am, I am, I've got questions about Vader and his proximity to this space. You know, because usually we see him arrive in his Imperial shuttle, shuttle, the name of which James shuttle is Shuttle Tidarium. There we go. Well, it's a, oh, yeah. it's a Lambda class shuttle, but Shuttle mm-hmm. Tidarium is the one from from yeah. Jedi. Okay, so we presume that's the one he's he's still probably knocking around in uh but he just seems to be suddenly there on noor yeah you know maybe they could have maybe, maybe there was a lot cut out from this he episode. was walking with purpose as well he was pissed can <laughs> i just ask like you know if i'm hayden christensen i'm having some serious conversations with my agent because like <laughs> why is he in this series like at the moment his only purpose has been this one scene of him in the back to tank and then a moody cliff shot and other than that, it could have been A.N. other stuntman in that. I mean, maybe he's in the costume the whole time. Which, but... is, which is why I'm saying that he should have gone in the flashback to Tank today. I really feel like given that he's just encountered Beta in the previous episode, given how big of an emotional moment that was, yeah. if we go into the flashback to Tank and then we have flashbacks to Anakin, Anakin. and Obi-Wan... <laughs> And Obi Wan and Obi Wan. For the love of time. <laughs> Between those two characters, and you know, got a scene that we haven't seen before before their friendship together, and then you know, transition into the whole Darth Vader battle. And as they you know, do a little bit, they do little flashbacks with uh, the battle and how sort of Obi Wan uh, got lit on fire and everything else. That would have made it more impactful, especially on Obi Wan's side, and given us more emotional depth. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. I know what you mean because I think the prequels didn't really establish the friendship between those two characters at any point. Uh, would you like to know what does? I, I was about to say this is clearly <laughs> something that's in the Clone Wars. Okay, sure. <laughs> but this would have been an opportunity to explore that, you know, in a proper live action medium. And uh, but but you've got to think about, you know, then you are into you think effects technology, and that can be a double edged sword. And you know, depending on what their budget is, a laser like, sword. can be a laser sword. Yeah, that could have been that could have been tricky. So I mean, it is for all. I I don't think we needed flashbacks. I think you just need a, a, a few minutes of reflection. And I don't think you got that in this episode. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't. You didn't even really get a sense that he was injured. Quite frankly, no, you do. Um, when he goes into the back to tank, you do sort of see the burns on no, his body. Yeah, but they're, yes, they're quite but, mild, given that he's been dragged through, <laughs> flaming like whatever that shit was. Yes, no, yeah. obviously you see those, but I mean, in the rest of the episode, you don't get any sense at all yeah. that he yeah. has just been a bit of aloe vera. He burned fine. alive. because yeah. like she, he he comes out of the tank and Indira Varmatala says, "Um, you know, you stay in the tank. You're not healed yet." And then the next time you see him, he's fully Fuck robed you. and he <laughs> yeah. looks healed. So I'm guessing that he went to the back in the tank and spent at least a couple more hours in there to get, you know, look, 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 look a little bit fresh for going out and going to... Do you think... You, know, you, no? think, you think... No, I, I think, you think he, I think he, he got, came out I, at, He got straight moment. out, yeah. Oh. He, he got straight out. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, just a couple of last questions. Uh, so, Mark Burroughs, at 20th century... 
Mark, Mark. 20th Century Mark, yeah. uh, is the person who said this is the first episode, not the credits, Stuart Beattie and Hossein Amini, and feels like the least character-led and least epic episode so far. Is that a coincidence and just a consequence of this being a solid mid-season placeholder? Or should we be worried they threw the baby out with the bathwater? Uh, he also says, why does Obi-Wan keep disguising himself uh, as a bedraggled bearded Jedi? Um, <laughs> but, which which leads me to a point that I, I very nearly tweeted and then decided not to in case people accuse me of, of spoiling things. Um, this is a, another episode that refers to Obi-Wan Kenobi repeatedly as old man. He is in his fucking 40s. He looks incredible. What are you doing? 40s is not old. I've had my crisis. I was told, I was assured it wasn't old. And in fact, life was just beginning. Just for some pricks to turn around on a TV show and just blow apart my... Jenga Tower of Confidence. Maybe for Jedi, it's old. Like, you know, 40, I agree, isn't old. But if you're talking about, you know, sports people, like <laughs> an NBA person is 40 years old, you don't hear about Roger Federer is Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 40. 42. 43. I'm gonna. I don't know his actual age. Stop me when I get to it. Forty-four. <laughs> Who's Tom Brady? Tom Brady is a. Are you he, serious? He probably is serious. I am one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh Tom Brady is gosh. a big. He's a big throwy man in, in American throw? football. He throws an American football. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's a big. He's a big throwy man. Who does he play for? American football player of all time. Yeah, James. What what what, what position does he play? He plays throwy man. He's a throwy for, man. For who? I don't watch American oh, football. Oh! <laughs> I see what you tried to do there. <laughs> Mind tricks don't work on me. <laughs> I don't watch American football. I watch NBA. Oh, I can't believe you don't know who Tom Brady is. He's that quarterback guy okay. for the team. He, you plays, know the team. he plays for you, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Does he? Everybody knows that. Yeah. Do you know who I Michael, don't give a fucking ear. Do you know who Michael Jordan is? Yes. Oh, he come plays, on. He Even plays, he knows who Michael Jordan is. Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who LeBron James is? He plays for the Raiders. Yeah, definitely. You don't know who yeah, of course <laughs> I know who LeBron James is. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't yes. know with you. Do you know who Lionel Messi is? Uh, yes. Do you know who Roger Federer is? He was a member of the Jedi Council before Order 66. Do you know who Roger Federer is? Yes. Okay. Anyway, what I'm saying is, Hugh McGregor doesn't look old. Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't look old. Stop calling him old man. You know yeah. who looks old? Compo, Foggy, and Cleggy <laughs> from Last of the Summer Wine. Yeah. <laughs> They're old. Alf Garnet. Alf Garnet. <laughs> Topical reference. Tony Soprano's mum. Yeah. All these people. Junior from the Sopranos. Uncle June. Uncle June. Getting back to the actual question. Yeah. Placeholder should not be a word that is used in association with this show. There's Whoa. only six episodes. You, but Amon does make actually a very valid point. Like, like mid-season placeholder point. is obviously very common in television, but this is a limited six-episode series. Mm. And it's just as I was saying before, so every single scene should be mm -hmm. doing its share of heavy lifting. Like They should know exactly what ground they need to cover, and they should have scrammed it all in mm -hmm. to this relatively tight... And bear in mind, it's not six hours at all. Yep. These are not hour-long episodes. Mm -mm. So actually, in terms of runtime, you think, well, you know, it's it's... Probably longer than a long movie, sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not that much. You, mm -hmm. you look at the combined run of Infinity War and Endgame and it's <laughs> about the same. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, why is there so much flab on this? You know, it should be tighter. It should be leaner. I don't think it was any flab. We got to see his nipples in the back of the tank and... Uh, <laughs> 
That man is ripped. He is in good shape for he an old man. Very, for a man who's been in the desert stuffing <laughs> salmon in his shirt. Yeah, um, I must admit, the fact that he's basically eating like Winthorpe from Trading Places is not lost on me. <laughs> Looking good, Obi-Wan. Feeling, Feeling good, good <laughs> Uh, at Foul Shopaholic asks which Avenger would you all cosplay as if you went to Avenger oh wait this is an episode this is a, a Miss Marvel question if you want to hear our response to that then head over to the Miss Marvel supporter special we're going to be recording immediately after this alright just a couple of last questions Oh, someone's literally going wildly referring to Obi-Wan Kenobi as an old man. <laughs> now the Inquisitor is saying it too. It's fucking ageism. Yeah, it it's is. It's ageism. <laughs> Stop it. Reva, I'm adding that to your list of offences. Uh, and that came from Sken Taylor. Uh, what does the pod crew think? This is from Dan Weston. Dan Weston. Dan's Daniel. Dan <laughs> What does the pod crew... Dan Tween. What does the pod crew think of Holt's score? Oh, the love of the planets. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's Holst. Uh, and the merging of Williams' classic scores and Chikino's score from Rogue One. I will cede the floor to my right honourable <laughs> MP for movie scores and TV scores. Amon Warren. I'm really, really liking it so far. It's just a nice blend of all of those scores, not too reliant on uh, John Williams' work, but referencing it in nice ways. And Natalie Holt, I think, is a really good choice for the score. I love Michael Cucino's Rogue One score as well. Um, i got to say, I did not catch it in this episode, so I'm going to have to go back and re-watch it to, and keep an eye out for it because um, it's a really, really strong score. But I think the future of Star Wars musically once John Williams retires, and that day, sadly, is coming uh, soon, um, was in really good hands. You think about who has done uh, Star Wars scores over the last 10 years. So you have Ludwig Goranson, who's obviously awesome, uh, Michael Cucino, great, and Natalie Holt now. I think John mm -hmm. Powell did Rogue One, not Rogue One, um, Solo, and that was good as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's really, really strong. I'm looking forward to listening back to it on its own. This may be a bit morbid. I don't think John Williams is going to retire. I don't <clears> think he's going to carry on until he dies. I mean, I'd love it if that was true. Oh, you want John Williams to die, no, you no. sick fuck? <laughs> Fell into my let, trap there, didn't you? It's <laughs> a trap! Let the man retire. The man has earned he it. He might not want to retire. He's going to go off to live on Dagobah, is what it's It's like called. hard work. He just has to think of a ditty and then go and then whistle it and then someone plays it. It's not difficult. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you for the last 10 seconds. <laughs> That's all he has to do. You can have a kazoo. Just stick him in the back to tank in between sessions. Let the record reflect that I'm shaking my head and narrowing my eyes as if to say seriously at Chris Hewitt right now. Mm -hmm. You could have just said seriously. It's an auditory medium. Like, no, they would have heard you. Let the record reflect that I'm now holding my right hand up closer to my eyes, which are positioned either side of my nose. I'm really trying to paint a picture for the reader. Uh, and I am now looking at my phone, which is a small rectangular device that is in my right hand. And on it is some text uh, from Twitter. And this is a question from <laughs> Kathy underscore Woodsy. Do we know why lightsabers went from being able to cut through doors and lopping off the odd limb to being fully repelled by bog standard stormtrooper yeah, armor? I did notice that. <laughs> The worst stormtrooper this week was the one who was, they, were, they, were, they were bringing Tala to somewhere. And then the Obi-Wan 
goes, Tala, I'm free of the imperial <laughs> entanglement. And she's and she in slow motion goes, Ooh, turns around yeah. and takes out the stormtrooper with a single blow to his helmeted, armored head. <laughs> and he goes, Ah, no! <laughs> they warn me about you. <laughs> last question. Oh, they're all negative. I'm so sorry. You know, for the last question, I'm gonna go back to the guy who said it was the best episode. So there's a bit of balance. <laughs> cool. We're gonna go full Fox News, fair and balanced. Uh Stuart Long. Stu Lawn tweets, he certainly does, because he says, why after four episodes am I increasingly caring less and less about these characters? Stu, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I want to look inside. He says, character motivations seem to change in seconds. O'Shea Jackson as Roken, for instance. And that's fair, because he goes, you don't know what the Empire is capable of. And then O'Shea Jackson goes, I do know what the Empire is capable of. My wife was a Jedi, basically, and she got killed. So I'm not going to help you. Oh, go on. All right, then. <laughs> you twisted my arm. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, it was very quick. All my chips on Kenobi, please. Mm. Yeah. Again, I think there's some sequences were shortened this week. I think that there's a 39-minute episode, including credits. So, and they're long fucking credits, especially mm. with all the bits where they show you who does all the voices in different yeah. countries. Yeah. So it's probably a 12-minute episode, really. And <laughs> it feels to me like they there's some scenes missing and and yet many scenes that should be missing oh James you're (laughs) such a negative (laughs) Debbie Downer Nelly person Uh, the last question comes from the person who said it was the best episode yet what was his question there wasn't a question I just Uh, wanted wanted to end on some positivity because I feel that we have been largely negative and nobody wants that no they don't they want us to be positive they don't want Mm -hmm. us to be negative here's Mm. some positivity for you go on next week's episode is going to be the best episode of the series not difficult only kidding only kidding is this the rule of penultimate (laughs) kind of and I do agree I think I said last week that Qui-Gon Jinn is going to appear this week and you said (laughs) and you said I'm going to roll it over (laughs) (laughs) if he doesn't turn up I'm going to be fucking furious he'll turn up he'll definitely turn up have you seen Liam Neeson's filmography (laughs) he's he's got time yeah Yeah. (laughs) especially if Vader himself joins the fray because they're all about to sort of, you know, track. I don't think he would join the fray. No, the phrase are from Game of Thrones. I'm almost a completely different franchise. <laughs> that would be terrible. I mean, they're a modern day pop band. I don't think joining the fray would, would do any good. Do you not want to see Vader join the fray? That would be very good. Like, he might make some cool James Earl Jones' voice. He's got something, I'm just saying. But, uh. <laughs> A bit not more like a chill here because I know there's a band called The Fray. <laughs> I can't remember for the life of me any of their tunes. Do you know? Nope. All right, let's move on. <laughs> but um, if Vader joins the battle as they uh, track these, <laughs> to track uh, Obi-Wan and Leia mm. um, to the path, um, then I think that can make for a really exciting episode. So yeah, fingers crossed. All right. I still think Jar Jar Binks turns up. Nope. I still think well, at this point I might welcome it. That's the worst one. Yet. I don't know. What was I, that I don't know. I've, I've lost him. I've lost him. He's gone. Me's are not liking this. What's up, on Bad General? Uh, yeah, I think that uh, um, Obi Wan next week is going to go. Let's go to Naboo for some mm. convalescence and scuba diving and. And there he'll go. And that's when he'll get in touch with Char Jar and then Qui-Gon's going to turn up and there's always a bigger yeah. fish. But I swear, if it ends with Leia getting kidnapped again for <laughs> Obi-Wan to rescue her again, then that would be a problem. 
All right. You've, you've been put on notice, <laughs> makers of Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have one week to <laughs> to accept our demands. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it, I think, for this Obi-Wan Kenobi spoiler special. Sorry. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what John Williams does. Uh-huh. Oh, there you go. Stop it. He just dictates. So easy. Anyway, Helen's not back next week, um, so who knows who we will get into the uh, the fourth chair. Anakin! It might be Anakin. <laughs> Start panicking. It is indeed Anakin. Anyway, that is it for this week's Obi-Wan Kenobi spoiler special. I hope you've enjoyed parts of it. <laughs> I'm sorry about everything. And uh, episode five, part five, is going to be much better. If it's, if it's as good as The Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> we're in for a treat. Anyway, until we meet again, until then, until that auspicious occasion, it's goodbye from my two colleagues of such lethal cunning. Are we boring you, James Dyer? <laughs> Sneaky yawn. Yeah. James Dyer. Goodbye. 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 I, promise, I promise to be more positive this n- next week. And we're about to talk about Miss Marvel, which we all love. That is right? true. That is true. I will be positive about Miss Marvel. Yeah. So that's, oh no, I should, I, should have, I should have pretended to hate uh, that one. You see? That would have been, I've Jedi have, Mind tricked oh, you. Oh shit, it's the worst Marvel show yet. I'm fear. No, it's fine. It's, 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 I've it's, Jedi Mind tricked you. You did. <laughs> I'm also going to do the same with the Mon Woman. Goodbye, I'm on Woman. Let the record reflect that <laughs> I'm making the peace sign as I say peace. Actually, that's not the peace sign. You just did a Jedi open the door sign. Peace sign is the two fingers. Whoa. (laughs) Don't fucking swear at us. Honestly, what's going on? Come on now. Unbelievable. You come in here. Two facing fingers. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Move along. Move along. Nothing to see here. Uh, Anyway, it's also goodbye from me. Thank you for listening. See you next time. (laughs) You were right about one thing, Master. Wade's life expectancy was short. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. R.I.P. Wade. R.I.P. We, we never knew ye. We genuinely, we never knew ye. But we never knew Porkins either. He was Wade. He was measured. <laughs> and he was found wanting. 